Hey y'all, welcome to Preaching to the Choir podcast with your host me, Jen Randall. Today's episode on collaboration is one that probably seems like a no-brainer if you really think about it for a second. <laughs> These two people actually work together, like on the same campus together. So a pretty obvious collaboration that, <laughs> that they have. Uh, we are talking to Scott Dugdale and Brian Johnson of Papio South in Omaha, Nebraska. And if you have seen any of their shows in the last, you know, I think about six years that they've been working together, um, you know that they have created something truly special in that department. And those shows are electric. So we're going to talk a lot today about uh, what it's like to work that closely with someone, uh, who does what, how you divide that up. Um, they also work with a pretty large creative team when they are planning and they do such a great job doing it. I think we can all learn so much from how they balance everyone's opinions and um, really taking what everyone has to offer and creating the best possible product with those kids. So please enjoy today's episode with Brian and Scott. so glad you guys wanted or willing to do this because I like I'm thinking about like collaboration things and that's what the podcast has been this season and I realized like I don't know early June after I'd had the whole show plotted out like everything I was going to do I was like how do I not have a single collaborative interview where they actually work together all the time because I don't because honestly truly and I mean this in a nice not weird way you guys are one of the few like non-toxic models from the outside maybe you're a total disaster on the inside we just don't know he's the worst yes the the worst. wait I, I didn't say that you're not re- you can't use that I won't okay. use that but no I mean <laughs> I, my point is like you guys are the most like I think the most normal and creative like still creative collaborators that I know in show choir I'm not saying there aren't others that I don't know personally but like it's hard to find it's hard to find where people can work together well and balance each other's like strengths and, and weaknesses but also like still work together so you know I mean if you want to tell us the you know how the sausage is made throughout the course of this and and break my bubble I guess that's fine but I mean I think that's also an important part of the conversation because we just don't see it very often yeah. I think there's a lot more in our industry of like um you know somebody's the head and they are the head and the other person's the assistant and that person have to leave because they wanted to be the head and there's just it's ends up being very dramatic I think more often than collaborative so Thanks for not being outwardly dramatic constantly. Brian is so dramatic. You two are just. I am the dramatic one. Yes, yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves in case somebody doesn't know a little bit about you. You can just kind of obviously say your name, what school you guys are teaching at, which is the same one. And if you just want to tell us a little bit about. Um, you know, how long you've been there, how long you've been doing show choir, and then we'll do some other questions about that kind of stuff too. But I'll just let you start. Brian, you're first on my screen, so I'll let you start. Okay, my name is Brian Johnson. I'm here with Scott at Papio South, Papillion La Vista South High School in Papillion, Nebraska. Which is essentially Omaha, right? Like a suburb? South suburb of Omaha. Okay. Yep. In between Bellevue and Gretna. So, yes. Um, uh, this is, I'm starting year 20. Year <gasps> 20 is, is this year, and um, being old. this is going to be my seventh year at Papio South. I did three years at Lamar's before, or that I started, and then I did 10 years at Lewis Central. Right. Um, 
and uh, now now here at Papio South and seven already though at Papio South that flew by didn't it it's, it's neat tight my son is in the program now and so yeah. it's a lot of fun having him in the program and yeah and oh others but it makes it go fast that's for sure so. oh, yeah totally okay scott hit us up um my name is scott dugdale and i teach with brian at Plain la vista south um this is year 28 for me no Yes. We're going to say 18. Okay. 18. Um, (laughs) Eight years at Papio South. Um, I taught for four years at a small Catholic school in Falls City, Nebraska. Oh, I didn't know that. First job. Yep. Um, I taught taught K-12 vocal instrumental, um, did the Bless you. And I also um, helped out as a kind of a pseudo volleyball coach because <laughs> I, didn't make any, I didn't make any money. So I was trying yeah. to do everything that I could, you know, yep. to make money. Um, and then after um, leaving Fall City Sacred Heart, I went to Griswold, Iowa. I followed okay. Matt Booth at Griswold and I was there for five years. And then I taught privately um, and um, I trained horses down in Ardmore, mm-hmm. Oklahoma for three years. And came back and started teaching. I was the first um, uh, vocal music assistant at Millard West. Um, right. Yep. I was there I for about that. years. And mm-hmm. then I went to Millard North and I was there for six years. And then Papio South. Basically just running around the Millards and now yes. <laughs> Papio South. Yes. Now you guys didn't open South. It was oh, Sherry open shop South, right? That was a mouthful. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. But are you, were you the second set of director then after Sherry? Yeah. Um, I came directly after Sherry and then Brian okay. right. um, joined our team um, after that. And then okay. Brian was doing half band, half choir at the time. Oh, right. And mm-hmm. what is this, Brian? You're three that you've been full-time choir two only two oh my but that's nice to be able to just have the one thing to focus on surely oh yeah yeah you don't yeah you're not like oh no but band no especially not this time of year (laughs) yeah having a whole summer is a lovely yes a whole thing that doesn't exist in marching band world as again I'm learning with a freshman who is in marching band myself at my own house right now Mm because I did not do band so this is yeah, that's a whole other world, friend. I'm happy for you. It's whole other world. Full-time vocal. That's awesome. Um, okay, so I always ask everybody what their path to show choir professional was because, I mean, yes, that's like you're kind of like, yes, that's where you worked and all of that. But I think that it's so fascinating to hear how people ended up in our jobs because there isn't a clear path and no one's is really ever the same. And and especially when we're talking to younger college students or kids who are thinking about going into this, um, I think it's just so valuable for them to see like, yeah, it's not a, a linear situation ever. I don't think anyone ever wakes up and goes, you know what I'm going to do? And then ends up exactly in that spot 10 years later, 20 years later in our cases, you know? So um, so like, tell us a little bit about how you ended up specifically in show choir world. And again, we'll start with Brian because he's my my first square. Um, I graduated from Briarcliff College at the time. Now it's mm-hmm. Briarcliff University, but graduated from there. And that was a program that didn't um, really in doors certainly didn't teach um show choir uh the so director common. That I had was not a fan of it thought that it was the tail that wags the dog and and didn't did that really, phrase i know but but you, you can't imagine how many times we heard that you know oh i'm sure yeah i heard and it a ton too surprisingly 
um, I think that's a common thing for a lot of a lot of collegiate directors and, Still is, and the, yeah. the college directors that are able to see that number one, especially like when you're going to teach in Iowa, you you probably need to know how to do it. Yeah. Um, John Flannery, my fifth year, or I'm sorry, mm -hmm. my fourth year, fifth year at um, Briarcliff, John Flannery came in and did sabbatical while Greg was gone, and, uh -huh. and um, he made it a point. Uh, well, cause he was still teaching at Helan at that time. So he, he knew. Was, yeah. Yep. And he knew, and he knew that we weren't getting that. And so he came in and, you know, did some stuff that tried to, tried to teach that, but you know um, uh, you know, when you, when you graduate from college, mm -hmm. uh, you probably need to have those tools. And if you come from a program that doesn't really value it, mm -hmm. um, a lot of teachers just kind of go out there. And I was one of those that started at Lamar's having never done it. I knew yeah. no contacts. I, I didn't have show choir when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I was going, you know, my, my, my short plan was teach for three years, go, uh, go back to college to get a doctorate and then become a collegiate director. That was, oh. my, that was my plan. And so you've uh, done exactly that. <laughs> exactly. But you know, you got in there and I quickly realized that high school is where I want to stay, but yeah. I, was, I was woefully behind, you know, in that. Um, and so um, I, was doing kind of just what I replaced Tim Watson. If you remember Tim yes, Watson, yeah. um, and I, I replaced him. And so I just kind of kept on with the context that he had and the mm -hmm. people he had, cause I didn't know any. Um, and it wasn't until I got to Lewis central um, and Lewis central in the early two thousands, especially was humming with Gary and Matt. Oh and yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and when I got down there, that was the first year that I went to SCA and I, my eyes started to realize what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, once I started going to SCA and meeting the people, then that's when I started to um, really feel like, okay, I, I now somewhat feel like I know what I'm doing though. There are totally. many times I still don't feel that way, but, um, but that's kind of how I got into the world. And then, you know, 20 years after, you know, 20 years into it now, um, SCA has been the place that I have probably made the most contacts and, and sure. have met the people that have really helped me progress through this medium. So, well, you are also like the mascot of SCA now. I think when we go, like everyone's like, Brian! I mean, like you're like the unofficial mayor of like LSB, especially in Illinois. So, like that, I mean, I love that though. And I think that that's a huge part of the valuable part of what you're talking about because you do it right. You use SCA for all the ways that can be helpful, which is you go to workshops to learn things, you go watch rehearsals to see what the professionals are doing but you're talking to people and you're asking you questions talk. and you're letting them ask questions. And like, you've been such a great mentor to people. You know, you've said some, some beautiful, smart things to me over the years that I like still take with me that I'm like, Oh, I love that. Brian and I had that one conversation this one time. Like you have been so great about that. And that's, I think a key part of what's going to come up in our collaboration conversation, I think in a minute, but I just want to say that to you and make you feel awkward about it. You're welcome. Thank you. But like, it's, it, that's a real part of, of SCA is it's the, yep. for teachers, it's the kinship that you're building. Yes. You're learning a lot, but the connections for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, it was nice being back there this year after yeah, two bet. years virtual, you know, that was, that was good. And Dwight and Sue did a great job of keeping that alive, but mm -hmm. it just felt so good to be back live. There's a huge difference in those two oh, things. Holy oh. cow. I mean, so yep. I look back now in those, that first year we did it virtually and we were all so hungry to see anybody because it's been such a weird five months or whatever, four months at that yeah. point, maybe two months, who knows how does time work, but like, um, you know, now that I've done things in person, I'm like, I can't imagine going back to like only doing Zoom things. It would be so challenging now. 
we missed that. We all needed that, I think. Um, okay, well, Scott, if yours doesn't involve horses somehow, I'm gonna be very sad that there's not a reason that that is also <laughs> inside of this discussion. But um, but yeah, like tell us a little bit more here. I, I actually started out my um, higher education as a vet major. I wanted to go into vet med okay, and um, it just, it didn't feel right. Um, you know, I grew up on a farm and so that's what I thought that I, you know, I wanted to do. I wanted to be a, a horse vet um, and it just didn't feel right. So um, when I was in high school, um, I attended two different high schools when, um, when I was, you know, a kid. Um, my parents divorced and, and mm -hmm. my junior senior year, well, my freshman and sophomore year, I went to West Harrison high school and Bruce Norris in Iowa, you know, he's kind of the, oh. icon. he was yes. my, my choir director. And, and obviously we did not have show choir. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I, I think Bruce kind of turned down his, or turned up his nose at show mm -hmm. choir a little bit. Um, but then I went to the small little school up north of Sioux City, right on the South Dakota border called Akron Westfield. Oh, yes. And I was in swing choir there. We would Yes, go, you were. <laughs> yes. We would go over to the University of South Dakota in Vermilion and we would compete at the Coyote Jazz Festival yes. and Classic. a lot of, you know, step touches and jazz squares mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But I, and then I went to Dana College and okay. no show choir in Dana nope. College, um, didn't even talk about it, but it was really when I student taught in Missouri Valley, Iowa, oh. Mitch Larson, mm -hmm. and um, I was introduced to Arla Jo Clausen. Yes. Yep. Tri Center, Neola Tri Center. Mm -hmm. And man, I just remember her putting those kids on stage. 60 some kids and yeah. they were dancing and singing and it was amazing mm -hmm. um, and I kind of caught the bug there and then of course when I went to the Catholic school there was not going to be any show right. choir there it was too small the kids were so busy football yeah. and volleyball and basketball were the you, you do know, everything in that size of school yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep um and then when I got the job in Griswold and I followed Matt yeah that's when you know I kind of you know, I was in the same conference as Arla Jo Clausen. Right. And um, one year, my school hosted state Iowa State Show Choir and Jazz Band. Okay. And Tom Gerking brought <laughs> Sloan down. Yes. And I left the room after it, they they opened with Carry On Wayward Son. Um, it was it was amazing. Are we and, in the late nineties? Probably now. Yep. Late. Yeah, 90s. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, actually more like 90. Oh goodness. Yeah. Late nineties. Six, seven, somewhere in there, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I actually, after their first song left the auditorium, <laughs> went out and grabbed my principal and brought him in. I said, this is what we want to do. Yes. Here. Yes. Um, and then of course, you know, when I got into Millard and I was there with yeah. Kathy Simpson, that's when, you know, what, show choir was completely different and the entertainment factor just went through the roof yes. you know Kathy loved putting in that novelty piece mm -hmm. um and she was just a she's just a genius at planning a show and and just 
making the audience feel like they just wanted more and they were smiling. Yes, be a part of it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, And so um, Kathy introduced me to Butler Community College. Yes. Show choir camps down there. And Mm -hmm. I did that for, you know, nine or 10 years until um, Valerie, you know, Lippel Mac, yep. Mm -hmm. The camp, yep. Valerie Lippel Mac stopped the camp. Um, Unfortunately, I don't go to SCA. Brian's been Mm -hmm. trying to get me there. Um, he's wearing me down maybe next summer. We'll I'll- go together next year too. Well, I'll come okay. too. Well, I'll go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was kind of my road into, you know, into show choir and yeah. you know, the, the Omaha Metro area has so many great show choirs. It really does. It's so crazy to see. somebody with, whenever I talk to people who are out of state, like they talk now about like how that's such a, a hot pocket, so to speak, of like, of show choir. Like very rarely anywhere else in the country do you have so many schools so geographically close who are all so competitive, for better or worse. I mean, I'm, sometimes that's probably crazy for y'all, but. And it's really cool because we're all so different. Right, yes, we're very different. different. So you get, you just get, you just get, if you could just, Doran Johnson and I hosted a big show choir. Um, it was just kind of a, a festival. It wasn't a competition yeah. here at Holland Center in Omaha. Yeah. And it was just so nice to see, you know, eight, nine, 10 show choirs from the metro area just celebrating each other. Yes. And competing. And we were all so different, but we were all so good. Yes. You know, it was just mm-hmm. fun. And the kids know each other because they see each other every weekend. And yeah. like, I think that y'all as an area do a pretty good job of not having any sort of weird rivalry situations where kids are terrible to each other which is also nice and not always the case so like kudos to all of you as directors for that because that's a reflection of y'all but well then that kind of walks into my next question which is like really about the collaboration process for the two of you but it kind of leans into I think what makes y'all different um I had Tori on the podcast last month and when we were taught Tori Burns Brindis I'm never gonna get over it it's gonna she's just gonna be Tori Burns Brindis I'm just gonna start calling her only Tori um and we were talking about what really makes y'all's show special. And I think a lot of times we all have a hard time putting our finger on it when we watch it. But I just know when I leave watching a Papio South show, I feel very different as, in a great way than I do watching a lot of other things. Because it feels like a concert. It feels like I was at a rock concert. Or it feels like I was um, just enveloped in like this other kind of show. It's theatrical, but it's got a little bit of a different vibe. So Let's start maybe at the beginning of the of the process of when you're putting something together. And I think we can learn a lot about your collaborating when you're doing that. So you don't have to give away too much secret sauce if you don't want to, but tell us a little bit about how planning works for you guys and how you work together in the show choir space when you're planning. And you can, either of you can start, I don't care. I think um, for us, and and we, I mean we don't have any secrets to hide because I mean if if we keep all of if we keep all the secrets you know who somebody might be able to take one little nugget from this conversation yes. and that makes them just you know a little bit better I guess but that's what um, I was hoping you'd say yeah I I, I don't have anything to hide um, <laughs> I think what makes us work so well together is we start the communication with not just Brian and I mm-hmm. but Ori and yes. Jared and Garrett, um, mm-hmm. Garrett Boss and Tori Brindis, they they are choreographers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Garrett Breeze is our arranger. Mm-hmm. And we just start, we just actually start a very simple and Excel spreadsheet and that it's shared amongst the, you know, the five of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just start throwing ideas out there. Sometimes mm-hmm. it might 
Um, it might start with, you know, an, a, a thought, an idea or a theme, and then we can completely veer the. Oh, yeah. Direction. Typically, mm -hmm. that actually is the way it works or it starts. It's like this. Let's do this idea. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, what about this closer? Well, if we do that closer, then then, that then this doesn't work. Yeah. Change. yeah. But we really like this ballad. So we, mm -hmm. it, does, it takes a left turn. But you allow it to do that. And I think that's important. Right. And and I, I think I remember a conversation um, as we were planning this year's show. Um, Garrett threw out two songs um, that he has always wanted to mash up. Mm -hmm. And that kind of geared us in the direction that we were going. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it's just as simple as we start with the ballad or we start with the opener and then we just see where it goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, for me, um, I will just go down that rabbit hole of YouTube or Spotify or Pandora, yeah. whatever. Um, and I think Brian and I are on the same page where we don't want to do the top 100. We can hear yes. that on the radio. We want to hear something that you're, we want the audience to hear stuff that they're not just going to hear, you know, when they turn on, mm -hmm. you know, whatever radio station they're on. So I do think though, that you tend to have things in your show that are nostalgic sometimes more than more than a lot of other groups in a in, in a deep cut nostalgia way again i don't think you're doing top 100 of anything but no. definitely i will be listening to your show and be like oh, i forgot how much i love this song or oh i heard this and i totally like they it has that kind that's why i say rock concert because it has that vibe of like oh yeah this was the b-side or oh yeah this was like this wasn't the single but i remember that album like that's if i could pinpoint the creative feeling of your show it's like that's on my favorite album, but isn't the top 100 song in a good way. I think that's awesome because you managed to pull some emotional strings there with audiences that I don't think everyone's always as good at hitting um, because it's fun to have songs that you do know a little bit. You don't always want everything to be, no one's ever heard this song before. Cause I feel like that can be alienating maybe a little, maybe you don't agree, but I feel like that sometimes is too much. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of like, Balance. you know, um, just it, you're sitting there and you're like, I like this music, but I would like it better if I knew. A yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said for that in design. You got to have a little bit of that in there, a little bit of something that reminds people, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that song. I remember that vibe. Okay. So as you've got your Excel spreadsheet going and you've changed everything 65,000 times, um, then you kind of settle on it. Um, when you go to have it arranged and excuse me, when Garrett's doing the arranging for you, um, are you giving heavy input? Are you kind of letting him be creative and saying whatever you think and he sends it back and then you give some thoughts? Like, how's that part work for you? Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I think we kind of let Garrett take the lead there. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, right? And Smart. yeah. um, when it comes to arranging, you know, I mean, he's so much better than we are that mm -hmm. we basically, and, and I know some arrangers don't like that. Some arrangers want mm -hmm. a little bit more of a, of a path so that that's not so overwhelming or so, you know, so that they at least have a direction to start. Right. You know, Garrett's bright. He's really, really, yeah. bright. He's really creative. And, and now that we've used him for a couple of years, we kind of know what we're going to be getting and we trust that now there are times that sometimes it comes back and we're like, ah, okay, that maybe didn't quite hit like, we, or can right. we not do that? You know, but that's tweaking. And again, as you were talking at the beginning, that's where the collaborative mm -hmm. you know, process comes from. And so, but for the most part, when we get it, 
it's it's pretty dang close to how it is by the time we get to March. You Do know? you give it back to Garrett when you need tweaking or is he one that you'd prefer? And he just is like, cut, do what you need to do. Like, is it a little bit of both? Like, how does that part work for you? If there's anything really big, we'll send it back and say, mm -hmm. okay, that solo is, we don't have anyone that can do that solo or, Got it. or we actually need that to be a guy or, right. or you know, I, I don't know if this is going to work with the instrumentation that we have or something like that. But yeah. Pretty, pretty much, um, you know, none of us are too proud that we don't know that, you know, you got to kind of do what's going to be best for you. And we're the ones that are living with it for six months. Oh, and my gosh. If yes. That's the case. Then then, you know, we have to tweak what we have to tweak. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, again, we we trust him. I think he trusts us yeah. um, now. And and so that's it's it's become a really good partnership. And then you obviously have your next part of collaboration when the choreographers are there. Do you do summer? Do you do fall over a few weekends? Like what's your process like for learning? So um, we actually do not learn choreography until the middle of October. Okay. So um, it, it just works out better for us because our musical falls in, you know, in August, mm. September, October. Yeah. And then um, I think, Brian, is it, is it this year? Is she, oh, I can't even remember. It's the first, I, I put the calendar together. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's somewhere, it's somewhere in there. I don't remember. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. But, you know, and we work so well with our, with our drama team as well yes. that, you know, when it comes down to the, the blackout week of, of the performance, we just, we shut down show choir. We don't yeah. do show choir because the kids are in show choir and they're in the musical and, yes. you know, and so we just don't want to overload the kids. And that's the important time of the year anyway. That's what's in seasons. So therefore that's where mm -hmm. they need to get their, um, mm -hmm. um, their attention. Attention. But, yeah. Um, you know, we're, we do it in the, the middle of October. Um, um, it, we do it in a, about a 12 to 13 day stretch, you know, where Jared and Tori are coming in. We okay. also have Nick Kwame working mm -hmm. with, um, with our girls group again this year. And so it's just nice. Um, you know, it's nice having it there in October and we can hit November hard and hit December hard. And then our first yeah. competition is our hosted competition in January, the first early. Yeah. But I, I kind of like that too. Mitchell was that way when I got there and I had never had it that way before uh, where it's just really compact and you're doing so much of that work right in the seasonal time versus the summer camp model, which is what I had done before forever. Um, and there is something nice about that where you're kind of just pulling the focus for this one chunk. This is the two months where we're just nailing it as opposed to just doing a little bit of it for months and months and months. There's something to that. So I say that because if that's something you're struggling with in your own department, I don't think anybody should ever be afraid to change up your timeline and your schedule. Try something new. Absolutely. It's, it's nice because it gives us the ability to learn all the music before we get it into mm, the you know, Absolutely. They're singing it, and hopefully, for the most part, they're able to get through their show vocally in a place. Because let's be honest, by the time you yeah. get choreography, their brains are thinking about five, six, seven, eight. Absolutely, they're not thinking about did I add that crescendo? Did I not? You know, and and so that gives it can us be a lot harder. Time, yeah. Yes, you know, to kind of focus on that early on, and then you start pairing it. So, and you know, Jared and Tori choreograph a lot to what's in the music. You know, mm -hmm. and so already have that vocal down that kind of helps them put that into their body as, you know, is what they, is what they, you know. Oh, I forgot to ask if you're a class period or if you're extracurricular. We, oh, go ahead. We are actually a 
class period for the first nine weeks. Titanium okay. is a period for the first nine weeks. So we learn, <clears throat> we learn their show vocally. Yeah. Um, and then after that, they become a concert choir. Okay. After. So, and that, that happens about the time that the choreography right. know, sessions are happening. And then um, we start our rehearsals in the evenings as soon as choreography session is, is Got it. So about the first of November, mm-hmm. uh, I'll start the choreography or our evening rehearsals, but they have to kind of pull double duty um, mm-hmm. at our school. So um, yeah, we learn show choir stuff first, and then for the rest of the year, um, we're a concert choir. Are they like your top concert choir, so to speak? I hate to rank them that way, but some schools do that. Where is it like this is your most varsity kids that are in titanium show choir, which is obviously your top show choir. Is that also considered your most varsity concert choir? Yeah, for the most part, that okay. they're our most varsity group that that uh, that we sure. have for concert choirs. Mm-hmm. There are a number of voices, though, that are also not involved in show choir that you know that was gonna be my next question level that are mm-hmm. in the you know in the um in the concert choir as well mm-hmm. and so some of those kids that aren't in titanium because they it's it's it would be similar to like kids who don't necessarily want to do marching band but they want to do concert band right you know? mm-hmm. so you still do have some pretty um and let's be honest throughout the years then you sometimes gain some of those kids because they're like okay absolutely a lot of fun I've never considered it but half of my friends are in it and so might as well stay yeah well I think that what you're bringing up right there and why I wanted to ask it is a key component of what I think also makes you all so good at collaborating in general is the flexibility factor um you guys are not too chair like what I'm hearing you say in most of the context is this is what we're trying this is what's worked this is what we changed or then we go a different direction if we have to Uh, I get nervous when I hear directors who ask me questions and they're like this isn't working for me and here's what we have to do it this way we've always done it this way um I think that we miss notions and ways to make our programs better and our kids better and give them more opportunity if we're afraid to be flexible. Like you're saying, you're shutting down show choir rehearsal for a week for musical. I know so many people who would fight tooth and nail to not lose any rehearsals ever, no matter what the situation. I was that person at Millard North yep. because mm-hmm. I was the show choir director and I was the musical director. Mm. So I would have musical from four to six o'clock after school. And then from six 30 to eight 30 or nine o'clock, Gosh. I would do show choir. <gasps> and that's just so much. It is. It, it was too much. And so you feel and, like you burn out and that's what changed it for you? Or did something else happen that allowed you to go? Maybe not. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think I just got to the point where I was like, I could just be smarter about how I schedule things. Totally. I don't, I, I don't think I ever burned out doing mm-hmm. that. It was something that I enjoy doing. Yeah. And, and I never, I don't think I put that much pressure on the kids. Um, but, but it's the I time think, either way. I mean, pressure or not, it's the physical time present right. during that yeah. scale. And I think I just got, I just wanted to work smarter and not harder. Mm-hmm. That's so, so, so true. I would always rather do more in two hours than some in four hours. Like, right. let's get in, let's like work hard. Let's get out. Not everybody's built that way, I know. But like, I think if you can get to that place, it's more efficient in general for the kids too. Um, but yeah, just a general flexibility to like, say, let's try it this way. Let's, you know, see what this person thinks. Also, you guys have said so many great things about being open to other opinions and like what Brian said, like, you know, surround yourself with smart people. I don't think either of you walk around with an ego 
that keeps you from being that level of collaborative with people. And like, do you feel like you changed over time? Is that always how you've been? Or did you have to learn that as a lesson? Like talk a little bit about that part of it. Well, for me, again, I always knew that there was a lot of people out there better than what I ever could put out. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I learned that early on Mm because you go out to see it. Like I said, when when I first started teaching at Lamar's, Tim was doing great things, Mm -hmm. but then you go to, you'd go to, uh, you know, Westwood Sloan's competition and and Lewis central would be there and Matt and Matt and and Gary would come in and just whoop up on everyone. And I would (laughs) just look at that and be like, my goodness, what do they have to do to, you know, get that. And, and so as I've come through the years, I, I realize um, that there are so many people so much better. There are show choirs that are just mm-hmm. absolutely, you know, when I first went to Lewis Central, um, it was a thing where Lewis Central went to Doran's competition and Doran came to Lewis Central and it was kind of a home at home kind of yeah. a thing we would celebrate. And I just awed at his show choirs. And I have over the years, I mean, the, he, oh, yeah. that level of, of continued success is unreal Mm -hmm. but then also you know when i would do sca and you'd see some of these show choirs come in mitchell came in this year yeah um, mount zion came in and performed this year and just watching it was so fun to watch groups it's like wow they are so good you know there's no point in having ego when when you see greatness happening all around you um and we you know we've we've celebrated some pretty great success recently but i know that 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 is number one never guaranteed and number two that mm-hmm. there are you just see there are so many groups around the country that are doing so many great things yes just it's fun to share that it's fun for our kids to see other groups doing so so well mm-hmm. um, and I just love hearing our kids talk about like oh my god did you see so and so we got to make sure that in final yeah. see so and so I mean it's just it's so yes. to kind of have that childhood awe of what other you know of our colleagues are doing with their own kids it's so much Mm -hmm. it's it is more fun that way absolutely Absolutely. I agree um do you both find yourselves to be competitive people or not so much like do you call yourself that like because that's that can be hard I yeah I think we're competitive absolutely yeah um I'm going to, I want to name drop one more person that I I learned learned a lot from because I went to his school to just kind of watch him. Yeah. But Dennis Hendrickson, when he was at Atlantic, Iowa. Okay. That was the same time that Matt and Gary and those two schools were kind of like the same size and they were just pumping out product that was just any, it would rival any big school i mean sure and and they were a small you know like two a size school in the state but they were competing with the four a schools and and they were just awesome Mm -hmm. um what was your question i forgot oh we're talking about whether you're competitive you whether you've got that like yeah i balance that i think we're competitive i mean brian and i when we go off to these show choir competitions we're, we're not, I think we're very welcoming and Mm -hmm. we love to laugh. We love to see our friends. We love to have a great time. Um, but when it comes down to, you know, um, you're in finals and it's a half a point, either direction of, you know, second place to third place, 
you know, we're both sitting there trying to figure out how can we improve oh, yeah. the show mm-hmm. and what can we do to change? And again, our kids are so flexible. And yes, if we didn't make a change from prelims to finals, they would ask if we were okay. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Well, but that's you know, how you're growing. That's how you like, that's how you're getting better. But I'm glad yeah. you said that because you can do both. And I don't always see people, especially in early in their careers. I think we all struggle with that balance of like, how do we make it fun? How do we keep it light? How do we enjoy the day, but also stay competitive, stay focused on, uh, you know, it, not in a negative way. And, and Brian, Brian is much better at this. And I've learned a lot from Brian since we've taught together for the last mm-hmm. seven years. But um, Brian is very vocal and very open. If we're standing in the hallway and we mm-hmm. see a school walking by, he may know that school and he may mm-hmm. know that doctor, but he is applauding those kids and he's wishing them good luck and to have fun. And I've learned that from him. And mm-hmm. then our kids have also started to pick that up over the yes. last, you know, four or five years. You know, they're 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 following, you know, a good so, leader. Because mm-hmm. you know? it does create that environment for others. Like we have to all help create the environment. You can't just like benefit from the environment someone else is creating of that and then right. expect it to just continue. Like that that yeah. level of supporting goes a long way to keeping it fun. But then you can still worry about the, the three points, you know, when the score sheet right. comes out and all that. Totally. Um, let's talk about band a little bit, because I think that's a huge part of what you guys are known for right now. Um, amongst other things, you're known for many, many things right now. But something about Jill's band. Every time we, somebody's competing, they're like, well, Papio South's going to win best band. And everyone's like, yes, <laughs> yes, they are. Like, that's that's so real. So talk about how you build your band or like how that's come about, who does the most rehearsing, all that kind of stuff. Well, this is Brian's baby. Okay. Tell us all your band secrets. Yep. So, so okay. So there's. It's really kind of two prong. Number one, you know, part of the advantage of doing both band and choir, you know, for the five years is that I, you know, had my, I had, I had those kids every day. I knew those kids. You know, when it came time to audition, there wasn't really an audition because my audition with them was marching band. I saw the kids. You know, I knew which kids were on time. I knew which ones were good in a rehearsal. I knew which ones were natural leaders. I knew mm-hmm. which ones messed around when they weren't supposed to be, you know, and mm-hmm. so when it came time and I needed three trumpets, I'd say, okay, you three, <laughs> yeah. let's go ahead and do this. Do you guys want to do this? And they're like, yep, let's go, you know, and Love so it. it was, it was really nice to have that. And so that's one of the things that, you know, makes me a little nervous, not being on the band side, yeah. now. you know, fortunately, I, you know, I think there's, because of those years, there's a good enough mojo that the kids, you know, are, they, they talk, you know, there's tradition now, yeah. hopefully now that's going to kind of self-feed itself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so part of it is that you have, you know, it's, it's nice that you have a good band program, a successful band program, going mm-hmm. on, got good kids. We have good feeders, you know, in our middle schools that send, yes. kids up, you know, and so we, none of us are where we're at without good feeders as well. Right. And so true. So um, we're, we're fortunate in that. And then um, the other part of it is, you know, we kind of updated with the, um, uh, you know, with, with the sound, you know, portion of it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the technology. And we've had um, a dad who was, you know, a bit of an amateur 
sound guy you know yeah. you know kind of did something and so he kind of helped us put on you know get on to a foot of, of per, and when I say helped he, he helped us on a lot but yeah helped us, you know kind of tell us what we needed this is where we should really look and so at that point now it's just putting all those puzzle pieces together um, yeah you know, the band charts come back and you know fortunately because I've had a background in that band stuff if something's not working I can I can play around with that sure um, and things like that but you know we just rehearsed the band the thing is to have fun you know those kids yeah. have an unenviable job in a rehearsal where a lot of the time if they're not playing you know they're just standing there watching yeah. um and a lot of it is you know scott and i have done a really good job of making sure that those kids feel part of the group yes um, because they come in a little bit later on you know after a lot of the you know bonding has kind of already taken place then the band mm -hmm. comes in but you know you just make them feel welcome you because they have to i mean without the yeah band, it doesn't happen without the choir the band doesn't happen and and um you know so they're they're an integral part of that ballot and they're an integral part of the ensemble and you make them feel welcome you make them feel good and we have a hell of a lot of fun you know yeah. in the and, and when they're just jamming and jiving it's it's like like you said it's like, kind of like a rock yeah. concert and they feed off the energy from the kids on stage and the kids on stage then feel feed off of their energy and it's just fun it's yes. just absolutely fun yes and then what you said too about like um finding a way to make sure that they are involved is so important like it's i think too often we get off in our own little world of okay now we're adding the band guys and then we just add the band like it's it can't be that Right. And then you, and then they're forgotten about. Yeah. Um, every rehearsal, the choir thanks the band for yep. being every yep. single rehearsal. Thank and they the should yeah. like, that's yeah. a whole thing they're giving up. And like you said, a lot of standing around sometimes, or a lot of like, not really being as involved in the moment. So like, good for you for implementing that. Cause I think that that's really, really important too, but I am not worried. Your band is still going to be great. Even though you're not doing the band things, like you said, you set up a tradition and kids know they want to be a part of that. You know, the band kids too. Like, that's great. That's yeah. the way to do it. Um, when you're done with competing, are you done with show choir for the year? Like when you're done, quote, in March, like, do they do anything else? Do they do any spring things? Or are you done for the year? No, we're done. We are done competing. We're done performing. Um, and then about the first week of April, mm -hmm. and the, the last week of March, the first week of April, we start audition prep class. Okay. So we'll do that for five days. And then that following Saturday is our auditions. Okay. So you do end up having that break um, at the second half of the year. Cause some people don't do that. And I think it. that, I think so too. I think that that leads, I don't, again, I hate that word burnout for that reason, but it does tend to get to a place where the grind gets so long that you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, <laughs> we don't want that professional athletes will tell you that you know they want to season. go out you know not on you know not on the downhill yeah think, you know I think a season is like that and I think any coach would tell you that of any sport would say you know you kind of want to be peaking at the end of your season not yeah. having reached a peak early and then start a decline and yeah and so I think you know you got to have that time where you just everyone steps back takes the breath and it renews you and excites you for the next, you know, the, the next, next thing, giving them an off season too, like just that feeling of like the downtime to get excited again, versus just trying to hold the excitement, the, the whole year. I totally agree with that. Okay. Well, I want to ask just lastly about as far as like you working together every day, um, is it, 
a situation where it's like you guys are constantly working together with the same choirs? Do you each have your own individual things you do? Do you folk? I guess that's the main question. Is it a collaboration process where it's like we are independently collaborative together or are you like literally just doing everything together all the time? How does that work for you guys in your regular rehearsal life? We do everything together. All the time. Um, okay. You know, it, it's, it's really fun when you can work with a great colleague. Mm -hmm. It's even more fun when that colleague is a friend. And yeah. In the time that Scott and I have been now teaching together now going on seven years now. And while mm -hmm. we knew each other, we knew of each other beforehand, yeah. we had really worked together. And so when we first started working together, it was a real like, what's this going to be like? And, and Scott was so good. Um, and I've told him this probably better than I would have been if the roles were reversed, but Scott yeah. was really good and just kind of opening up the coffers and saying, okay, let's do this together. And ever since like off the bat, um, once we, once we kind of started to find a mojo together, yeah. we have been really, I mean, it's been really, really fun. We mm -hmm. laugh so much on a daily basis. I mean, it is, I mean, some of it's like childhood potty humor, but it, you know, yeah, like, but you're you know, having a good time. Absolutely. I'm the 14 year old boy in the room. And so many <laughs> times Scott just shakes his head, you know, and, but we, I mean, the kids have fun. They see us yeah. having fun and, and we do do everything together. Now, some people would say that's crazy because, and maybe it is because it's a lot of hours. Yeah. You know, or maybe if we, you know, were to split things up, you know, it would, it would be less taxing on us each individually. Mm -hmm. But I also believe the way that things are with Scott and I, I think something would be missing. Yeah. Um, as we're teaching, because we do just get along well, we we know when 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 one of us Scott's really good at knowing when I get frustrated with something, yeah, and, uh, takes it, you know, is like okay, I'm just gonna, you know, and 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 we're really good, we're just really good at not just teaching together, but also those nonverbals that it's like, yes. I, I need you to take this this cue from me right now, and I need you to do something read my eyeballs. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and it's, it's not just that way in rehearsals, but it's in that way in the regular choirs every day at school too. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, we're just really fortunate that, you know, we get along well, we have a yeah. you know, professional boundaries, both of us do. And we also have, you know, um, uh, personal boundaries as well, but none of that gets in the way of what we're able to do when it comes to educating our kids. Mm -hmm. A lot of fun. We, we do not share an office. I actually was going to ask that next. Okay. Look, look, be, look, look behind Brian there. Right. Green. I could not share that office with Brian. That's fair. That's fair. That's it fair. is an organized situation, I see, but it is, yes, it would be different if that's not what you want. You, have, you, you haven't seen the desk or the floor yet, but yes. You know, that for me would have always been the hardest part about working with someone in sharing office, just because I'm so talkative. Also, I can't get anything done. Like I have to have a sign at my door. That's like, don't talk to me or I'm not getting anything done. Like that's, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because that actually maybe is part of what is your secret of success. You can close well, the door if you need to. It's a good yin and yang. Yeah. Um, Scott. You know, Scott is, is, is much better than me in regards to sometimes I get a little bit big picture and he's like, no, we need to we focus. Need to focus. We need to mm -hmm. do this. And, and he's got, like he just said, he's got that organization down. Yeah. You know, and so there's, you know, where, where that is necessary, you know, he's very detail oriented. Mm -hmm. uh, 
especially in rehearsals, he sees things where I'm, where I can look at something on stage and be like, God, that just doesn't look right. Right. It's like, well, it's because this isn't in this place or mm. that point isn't doing what it needs to, um, where I'm like, Oh, okay. Well that, yep. That was, that was yeah. that. And, um, and it just, Whereas you're great at blowing up the big picture, I think too, in a good way, like where you're like, what if, you know, like that is, that's an important balance in two people and, and like a camaraderie situation. Cause some, I think that's part of where we get into some really interesting co-teaching scenarios when people are too similar. Um, it can be hard. We are, we are not. We yeah, are but not. that's good. It's working. Other, other than what we're looking for at the end result and yes. our philosophy of teaching is very yes. similar. There you um, go. But we that's have important. very different ways of getting there, um, but very similar on another, you know, we And we you clearly think, respect your different ways about getting there with each other. We love, uh, you know, being able to, um, you know, suggest things to each other. And none of us, neither mm -hmm. of us, I should say, have so much ego that, you know, we're not afraid to say, oh my God, that's a great idea. Or nah, I think let's Maybe try not. this. Let's keep yeah. it this way. You know, I mean, we're, right. yeah. I love that. Okay. Are you ready for the two big questions that everybody gets? Everybody stresses out about this. Don't be stressed. It's going to be awesome guys. Okay. They're not hard. You just make them hard in your head. Okay. okay. The two questions are, and so for each of you, we'll get to answer this. What is your favorite show that you've ever been a part of? You were directing, you were in it, you were some, some version of being a part of creating or something along those lines. And your favorite show you've ever seen that you can't have had anything to do with. You had nothing to do with it. Now, the hard part is people can rarely come up with one. Like they come up with like five. So we understand if you have to give a couple of answers, but yeah. it's the favorite you've ever been a part of and the favorite you've ever seen but didn't have anything to do with let's start with scene because i think that one's sometimes easier to just give a couple like oh i love this show that kind of stuff i i don't know the year and i'm going to be honest i don't know the school it's i can find it i okay. love this <laughs> okay but the the part of the show that i was just like blown away with mm -hmm. it was a california school it was either los alamitos or okay. maybe john burroughs okay I, leaning maybe john burroughs okay um but the soloist was standing dead center and a girl uh she was in i believe a silver dress and somebody dumped some confetti oh, on top yes. of her and they pulled off that dress it's 2013 burroughs the national yeah, yeah 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 because she's singing i still believe and she's in the hospital gown and she's holding no and then, psh, and then she's in a different yes. dress yes. yes i have goosebumps right now yes. thank you for that. It was such a fun show and i remember showing that show to my kids at millard north yes and and they were just like blown away by it it's such a great show i got to see it in person that year because we were at fame nationals with them and it was at i think their showtime was 11 30 like they didn't start until 11 30 p.m oh. and i was seven months pregnant and delirious out of my mind and so tired and we competed and like you're watching that show and so much of that show is sort of fever dreamy because it's like a little all about eve and then it's also like a car accident and a drunk driving scenario there's a lot going on um but like when that part happens you're just like Everyone's like, did that really happen? You want to rewind it? And you're like live and you can't rewind it. And it's, it was mind blowing. In the it moment so, you were just like. It was so frozen, but before yes. frozen. Yes. Yes. It was a very yes. let it go moment. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. I knew the show. Look at us go. Good. See, I don't even have to look it up. I will throw it in the comments. If you haven't watched this guys, you need to watch this one. It's incredible. Okay. That's a great answer. All right, Brian, your turn. Um, Mine, Um, I will say 
the most memorable one for me where I just sat back and was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I was judging down in the South. I don't remember the year. Okay. But it, it, my, it was one of my first times judging in the South. Mm-hmm. Which is different if you're from the Midwest. Yes. Yep. Um, <laughs> it was Auburn High School and they were doing a Moses show is all, oh. I don't remember what year. Um, and I, and they weren't the highest scoring show. I don't think, I don't okay. think they won, but I will tell you what it was for me, very creative. And what I enjoyed most about it is, um, and I think what I have also tried to get from my own students, yeah, you just felt the energy on the stage. You were invited, yeah. you, you felt like you were a part of that show and a part of that, you know, that what was going on. Um, and I just, I loved everything about it. I yeah. absolutely loved what it was. And um, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be with them. The, they invited me onto that yes. stage and they, um, they, it wasn't the best sung show, but it was the most passionate thing that mm-hmm. I have seen in so long and just so real and, yeah. and organic. Um it was it was a very similar feeling that I had this year with Omaha South. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh with, yeah, with that show, I just that ballad. Oh, I just I, I wanted, never made it through it. Yes, Grudemeyer. I and I wanted to. I, the, I you just I you haven't heard that kind of quiet in a room in so long, and it was, you know, it, it's it's when you have that that organic feeling of wanting to be. But yes, that, that Auburn show was my first real um show that I was like oh my gosh yes yes okay I'm gonna look it up I'll find the year we will put it in the in the stuff here and then I will also put Omaha South in the comments because if you haven't listened to it yet still friends you've got to watch Omaha South show from this year it was literally everyone says that I know it's Tyler Grudemeyer is one uh he is like the up-and-coming director show director director human being totally on this earth I mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. amazing human I agree. And like, he did such a great job of just nailing something for his students. So like completely and perfectly in that show. Um, I know that he's like, great. Now what? Like, I don't know how you, I don't know what you do after that either. Honest, truly. I mean, where it's like, (laughs) this was it, this was the thing, but I know that he will find it because he's so great with those kids. They do such an awesome job of, um, you know, knowing who your department is, knowing who your kids are and wanting to be a part of that with them, which I think you guys do also. I think that's a marker for great directors that not everybody realizes. It's like, it, you can have all the creative ideas you want, but if they're not going to be right for your kids, then then that, it doesn't actually matter. Like you've got to know them well enough to know, here's what they're about. Here's what they want to do. Here's what works for them as well. Okay, here's maybe the harder one, I think, because we all have so many shows under our belts at this point in our lives, but favorite show or a couple shows um that you've ever been part of either and I don't know that any of us performed in show choirs so much other than our swing choir experiences but like you can go back that far if you want but otherwise really just things you've directed or um been a part of planning or designing what do you think I think it would be um oh I have three okay um Millard West 2006 it okay. was the year that they did the prince of egypt yes mm-hmm. um and the girls were in the blue dresses with the cloths and mm-hmm. just stunning stunning Gorgeous. ballad yep um i i kind of live my life by the ballad that's how mm-hmm. i remember shows um the second one would be 
I think 2015 Millard North, okay. we did a, um, a social, um, a social justice show and they did Concrete Angel yes. um, as their ballad. And the, the ballad was amazing, but those kids were just amazing. It's a special one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were, they were, you know, just once in a lifetime to have yeah. kids like that. Yeah. Um, but probably the one that sticks right at the very, very top for me was 2020 Titanium um with the yeah. i mean uh, we came out of prelims uh, we ended with that courtesy call mm -hmm. uh, the ballad was pray by you know from kesha and mm -hmm. kelly Clarkson's, um oh what was that what was the it, song i mean yeah mm -hmm. it, yeah it was a mashup of the two we came out of we came out of prelims and the kids were just on cloud nine mm -hmm. um uh, Heath came in as our critique judge and mm -hmm. he was like, oh my gosh, did yeah. you guys have something to prove? And the kids were like, no, we're just having fun. You know, they were just, it was just, it was perfect. It was just the perfect storm. It was an incredible show year. I mean, like that's, I remember that one vividly going, I think all of us were like, holy, holy mackerel. It was just really, really right kids, right songs, right show, right time, yeah. all of that stuff. You know, that, I love when that happens. That's so yeah. rare and, when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And the funny thing is, and Brian will, will remember this very well, um, at the end of Courtesy Call, our front row center mm -hmm. uh, guy, um, at one point, Jared and Tori brought everybody back to the back yeah. of the stage he dropped off the back of the stage and ended up getting sick on Brian's shoe. Oh my and gosh! Then, and then as it's uh, <sighs> finished the song, they go into their, their, their bows. All of a sudden you see this kid pop back up and then start hiding behind guys. Oh my gosh! And the final pose was this girl who just bends in half yeah. in, in the middle yes. and she doesn't know where her partner is. And then all of a sudden he slides in at the last second and grabs her and she hits her final pose. It's brilliant. <laughs> okay, now I have a bone to pick with you, which is that I can't see this on video anyway, cause there's no videos of you guys ever anywhere. You know. I know you have to upload them so I can see them and share them with people. Every time I want to share, I'm like, I can't share anything with you. I don't have a way to do it. I'll, so I'll yay. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that show. Oh my gosh. If you're, if you're local to Papio South at any point, they're ever to cop with you. You've got to go watch because you know, they might throw up on someone, but also because the show is probably going to be incredible. <laughs> okay. Brian, what do you think? You got one or seven? I've got, I've got two. One Two's of them, not bad. Yep. Yep. One of them is, um, I think, and I'm going to say this because of the nostalgia behind it. I would say it was the year that we didn't compete. Yeah. Um, because you found and you saw that the kids were doing it for the reasons that you want them to do it right mm -hmm. like, and we and we lost some kids I think everyone did yeah we yeah kids who were like well if I can't compete I'm gonna go do something that I can or I'm gonna mm -hmm. go do something else and but something really really cool about that year is those kids were doing it because they loved it mm -hmm. um, and um it wasn't because of any particular song but just being with those kids and seeing what they did for all the right reasons that will in forever in my mind go down as totally 
as as one of the coolest things yeah um, and uh, you, you you know we just made it work and the kids loved it and so I will always remember those kids it was in all of our groups it was so they were so it was such a talented group and yeah. um, just being able to watch them do that and share that and we only got to perform publicly once yeah. uh, before before COVID came in and wiped us out crazy um, but but it was hmm. It was so good. It a was, neat thing. Mm -hmm. it, was, it, it was, it was. Um, but I would say the other one would be our first year with Jared and Tori. Mm -hmm. And that kind of sparked something pretty incredible with, with the direction that things are going now. And we did Thunderstruck that year. Yes, you did. Yeah, uh, we finished with Riding the Storm Out. What year number is that? Okay, that would have been my guess too. Okay. Yep. And um, it uh, was lies, lies. 18, 2018, right? I don't know. 17 or 18. This okay. Is, this okay. Is, this is where we need Tom Gerking to come in or, or Chris Storm to be like, it was that year that they were. I will literally text Chris or somebody like that. That's what I do. <laughs> or like Adam Peters always knows everything. Like I have like five people that just know everything. And I'm like, yep. what time was that? But that, that one, that one was, again, it was just, it was a special year because um, it just, it was the right thing at the right time. Yeah. And, and there was so many questions of, of what this was going to be like. And um, it was just, it was fun. And it really yes. kind of started, you know, I would say some things that were put in place to get us where we have been the last few years, which has been a lot of fun. And, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I just, it, it was, it was great. It was great. Well, you guys have built something super special there. And it, like I said at the beginning, it's fun to talk to two people who know who they are as directors, who respect the other person as a director and who can work together inside of that. Because I don't think that that's always a skill that everybody possesses. So little ones, if you're listening, you know, when you are working with someone, this is a good model for how to do it. It's like respect each other, listen to each other, maybe have separate offices is what we're hearing <laughs> is probably part of the deal. But um you know, I know that these two guys are somebody who is happy to talk to you about it at, as well. If you have questions Absolutely. about like what they're doing, they're an open book, just like, you know, we strive to be over at Show Collective all the time too. ask questions it away. Do any, it doesn't do any good to keep things to yourself. Right. How, are, how is anyone getting better if we're only just never sharing what works? You know, if we're only, if we're keeping it secret to ourselves, that's not, that's not a great model. So we're not doing that over here. And I'm glad that you guys didn't do that today. Thank you for that. Well, I wish that I got to see you in person anytime sooner than probably like January, but I think I'll get to well, maybe see you in January. <laughs> well, and we'll see you then. And then we'll also see you at SCA. With I know I'm going to make it happen this coming That's year. Right. I think, That's I right. That's right. So everyone out there listening, be else. Be, yes. everyone out there listening, be prepared to meet Scott Dugdale at Decatur. <laughs> it's going to be so June. much fun. Yes. <laughs> you got to do all the new buildings at SCA. They did all the new stuff, you know, all of the new campus stuff. It's the right time to go, Scott. You got to do it. You man. do not want to see me dance. No, you know what though? Everyone says that about themselves. And really that's like the funnest part, honestly, the teacher show when you're just like, this might be terrible, but I love it. Like it's the best. <laughs> it's the best feeling. I just make Nick Kwame be my partner like once. So I, you know, let somebody drag me around effectively one time. And then I just am like over to the side, like yes. I'll, I'll dance over here on the side. We'll let this yes. See you and I can be partners once Scott and it'll be okay. fine. I'll, I'll be your partner on the second number. As long as it's not an Ellie number. I don't, I bless. I love Ellie dearly. Love her. She almost murdered me one year with, what was it? 
uh, Budapest. Do you remember that number, Brian? Yep, I do. Oh my gosh, I, I could not get that number for the love of Pete. Well, anyway, thank you guys for doing this. I so appreciate you taking time out of your life to do it. Um, and yeah, I will see you. I will see you soon. And that's the end. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.